Hey guys, Sammy here. Just wanted to tell you guys that this episode coming up on Wakanda Forever was recorded back in March before we took our break. So I apologize beforehand if any of the things are outdated, especially about the awards and things like that. But I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Three Fates Decide. This is Mary and I'm with my two co-hosts, Sam and Liz. Say hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. All right, tonight we are going kind of going back to what we our roots, so to speak. We are going to be uh, taking on a review of sorts of one of the newest Marvel movies to have come out, uh, and that would be Black Panther Two: Wakanda Forever. This is probably the first movie most of us have actually seen Marvel wise in quite a while because we all kind of got. Uh, I don't want to say bored of it, but <laughs> oversaturated with it. I was going to say we weren't bored necessarily of it, but we were inundated with so much Marvel yeah. over the pandemic and being on Disney Plus constantly, and it just got to be too much. It was overwhelming for us, so we all stepped back from watching uh, Marvel and Marvel movies and anything Marvel. And like, obviously, as you can tell through the podcast we've gone on to different topics that we talk about however we did i ended up watching it and then i basically conjoled the other two girls to come in watch it too so we could talk about it because i was like this one is it was interesting you think you know what we're going to talk about and welcome back to three fates decide it just sounds more dramatic that way all right so this week we are going to be talking about but just when you least expect it we changed the game one Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I mean, we always celebrated Easter. Here's part of the Half-Blood Prince. So we're going to do another free talk, freestyle thing. No planned discussion. At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. But we're going to hit the, the main highlights. That is the thing that we were saying back in that episode. Quick recap. Three Fates Decide podcast. Yep. We, but we kind of, and I kind of wanted to kind of bring us back to kind of like the roots of how we started, which was like we were reviewing Marvel stuff and everything. That's not obviously what we do all the time, but it's nice to bring that back every once in a while, especially yeah. with a movie like this, because it had some very good parts. It had some very odd parts. It had some parts that was like, this is just stupid. And it was a very point. There were some parts that were very poignant and made me it hit me way in the feels and anybody that that understands why is because of uh chadwick boseman who was black panther making rest in peace um passed away a couple of years ago it's just so it was very poignant to watch the movie and see what happens yeah yeah yeah, and I thought it was a really great send-off to the T'Challa character, to Chad Chadwick. Like, it was... It was. Done well in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Oh, yeah. Um, before we go further, um, just as a reminder, like our previous episodes that are of a review-type nature, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you did not watch this movie, then why are you even listening to this episode right now? 
Yeah, because we're going to be talking about stuff that happened in the movie. Right. (laughs) So if you didn't watch the movie yet, then come back and listen to this episode later. But this is your one and only warning. Basically. It was just, but it, it was. It was a very poignant, it had very poignant parts to the movie, especially the beginning and then towards the end. And it was just, it all kind of like hits you right in the feels. At least it did me. And I mean, I, I admit I bawled through a couple, there's a couple of parts of this movie where I cried. I was bawling. So I was just like, no. And just mm. to see what happened. And to to see the memorial that they that they basically give Chadwick in the movie towards the end really mm-hmm. was like that that was like okay I'm done I'm done now I'm just like okay you you can't hit me in the feels any more than you already have yeah I will say like um, the usual um, that that's that bit in all the Marvel projects where like they have the credits um um opening animation with the logo mm-hmm. it was actually very touching that they used all images of chadwick as t'challa in every yeah. like bit of it that made me cry too <laughs> oh yeah and the fact they use purple which is also yeah. a nice touch i mean they did something similar with the loki series where they used green you know right so i mean i i i i did think it was very moving all those bits in the movie i mean i didn't cry like you did which is a little funny if you oh i'm bald i'm bald right if you if you guys listen to our astrology episode a while back like i have said that i am pisces and i'm supposed to be all emotional and everything and yet i wasn't the one who was like tearful watching the movie Which is yeah, funny. no, that 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 that's the supposed to be supposedly cold-hearted Aquarius that's over here bawling your damn eyes out. I'm like, ah! yeah, that that's yeah. me. I admit, I wear my heart on my sleeve. My daughter does as well. Poor child. I mean, I cried also, and I think part of the reason why is because, like, while it's it's not just a character dying in a movie, you know what I mean? It's the right. person actually died. You know, yeah. so like that's really like what I was crying about. I was crying about like it was almost like mourning Chadwick. Yes. That, I think that I think that's what that was more my my take on on why I was crying through it because it was it, it was I wasn't mourning the loss of T'Challa, the character. I mean, yes, that was sad that we lost T'Challa. However, I was mourning the loss of from all from all the things I've ever read or heard, a wonderful human being, a fantastic actor that had such a long career ahead of him that was going nowhere but up for him. And I yeah, think yeah. that's what that is what got me the most. So I'm like Sam in that regard. So much potential. Yeah. We 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 did lose like like I Collectively, we did lose a, a great actor who really could have been so much more. But he did amazing with what he what he was able to do with his life. So, you know, can't regret that, I guess. But uh, back to the movie. So I, I have to admit, I think it was pretty clever, I guess you could call it, like how they addressed 
the fact that Chadwick passed away and they had made their and Disney made it very clear in you know the weeks after he passed away that they were not going to recast the character so yeah um I, I I would say that like the way they addressed this on screen was pretty well done. I mean, they they made it a little ambi- a little ambiguous exactly why T'Challa dies, but presumably there's some sort of problem that happened to him. And to tie back to the first movie, the fact that they needed the herb to hopefully cure what was wrong with him, but of course. Killmonger destroyed all the plants, so yeah, which ends up tying into like what happens later in the movie. So, all right, so I guess we'll go into the plot, kind of go through that quick, yeah, and then uh, we'll talk about our thoughts and feelings and feelings on on the subject. Yes, because I have a few. <laughs> and I think you all probably know exactly where where my thoughts and feelings are going. Yeah. All right. So, as uh, Liz mentioned, the very beginning of the movie, uh, T'Challa is dying from some unknown illness. And Shuri is trying to recreate the herb that was destroyed by Killmonger, but mm-hmm. unfortunately doesn't. It doesn't happen before T'Challa dies. And then they have this whole big funeral scene that got me. And then we... Yeah, that, that was that was a tough scene to watch. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, Sam. And then we push ahead to one year later. And Wakanda is being pressured by other nations to share their vibranium. Um, and there's actually countries who are attempting to steal it. And so T'Challa's mother, Queen, or Ramonda, becomes queen again and tells Shuri to continue her research to recreate the herb, hoping to get a new Black Panther that'll help defend Wakanda because she doesn't want, uh, you know, want to give that up. Meanwhile, in... Mm -hmm the Atlantic Ocean, the CIA, and the Navy SEALs utilize a vibranium detector to locate potential vibranium deposit underwater. And they all get killed by blue-skinned, water-breathing superhumans led by, uh, his name is Namor. 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 Yeah, and the CIA believes Wakanda is responsible for it. Namor confronts Ramonda and Shuri, basically saying it's Wakanda's fault that people want the vibranium. And he basically says that they either have to deliver the scientist that created the vibranium detector, or he's going to attack Wakanda and kill everybody. So Shuri and Loki go, or, you know, uh, go and talk with Everett Ross, who was in obviously the first uh, Black Panther as well as um, Civil War. Yeah, broken and white boy. Broken white boy. The other broken another, white boy. Another broke white boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, and, that has to be my all-time favorite line by Shuri. 
<laughs> Great. You brought me another broke white boy to fix. <laughs> and at uh, the time we were like, who the hell is the first? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we knew because <laughs> we knew Civil War it, came first. So yeah. we knew, you know, poor Bucky. Bucky was getting fixed. <laughs> but so when they speak to, to Ross, they learned that the scientist is actually a student at MIT named Riri Williams. And they go to MIT to confront her and they're pursued by the FBI, which causes like a whole big chase scene. And then Namor's warriors basically attack them, defeat, okay, and takes uh, Shuri and Riri underwater to their lair, whatever they are. And basically, Ramonda is so mad at Okie's failure that she strips her title as general of the Dora Milaje and calls uh, for Nakia, who's been living in Haiti since the blip. Meanwhile, Namor shows Shuri his vibranium-rich underwater kingdom called Talakan and um, said, like, he's protected it for centuries from the world and basically hates surface people, <laughs> anyone that lives on the surface, uh, for enslaving the Maya. And he proposes an alliance with Wakanda against the rest of the world, but basically very similar to Killmonger. He wants Wakanda and Talakan to kind of attack the rest of the world. Um, and basically says that if she doesn't agree, he's going to destroy Wakanda. So Nakia manages to help Shuri and Riri escape. And then Namor retaliates with an attack on Wakanda. And Ramonda dies. Uh, drowns, that was another drowns. sad part. That was sad. That was another. That was sad. Yeah. I mean, I that one didn't hit me quite as badly as obviously uh, T'Challa dying, which I mean, even though we knew that was going to happen, it's still that his his funeral hit me worse than her funeral did. I think what I think hit me worse wasn't just like you know. I think it was more of like poor Shuri is now alone. Yeah, she lost her father, she lost her brother, and now she lost her mother. She's literally mother. alone; like she has nobody. Like that's what got me with that part. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, so... she was thrust into she was thrust onto the throne. Basically, I mean, right, right. At the at that point, she was thrust onto the throne that she never wanted. Right. Uh, Namor vows to return to Wakanda with his full army. And basically, can like finish what he started. Citizens of Wakanda relocate and the Jabri to the Jabri Mountains for their safety. And Ross is arrested by his ex-wife, who is someone we've met a couple of times, and that's CIA yes. Director Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And he's arrested <gasps> for secretly exchanging classified intelligence with the Wakandans. So. She, she's sneaky, sneaky. So after her mother's funeral, Shuri actually manages to recreate the herb. And she ingests it and she goes to the ancestral plane where she was hoping to either see her brother or her mother. But she <laughs> meets Killmonger. 
and Killmonger basically tells her to seek revenge. And when she come, when she wakes back up, she gets a new Black Panther suit. She is accepted by the other Wakandan tribes as Black Panther, no questions asked. Uh, Mbaku wants to just keep peace. He doesn't want to necessarily fight, but Shuri is like she wants to avenge her mother, and you know says that she wants to attack. Pelican. So they prepare for battle. Io is now the general of the Dora Milaje. Um, and Shuri bestows Oke with Midnight Angel armor, which will be a series coming up on Disney Plus, by the way. And Oke return um recruits another Dora Milaje member, Annika, to join her. So there's two Midnight Angels. And then Riri creates a very Close replica of an Iron Man suit to help the Wakandans. Yes, she does. Um, so they have basically this very large ship type thing um, that they use to lure Namor and his warriors to the surface with another vibranium detector. And there's this huge battle, and Shuri manages to trap Namor and brings him to the desert to dry him out and weaken him. And they have this big fight, and Shuri gains the upper hand, but um, or they, they were going back and forth. Shuri was just a little too cocky at times, and I think, obviously, her, her need for vengeance blinded her. And she was going down for a second. Like, I, I didn't know if she was actually going to pull it off. And then she got the upper hand, had the chance to actually kill him, but got a vision of her mother telling him, show him who you are and she eventually offers him a peaceful alliance and he accepts and that's basically the end of it. Namor's cousin Namora is upset about the surrender but he assures her that the new alliance is basically just going to allow them to eventually conquer the surface world one day which was always his plan so Shuri obviously it doesn't know that but that's what his plan is. Riri returns to MIT, leaves her suit behind in Wakanda. Okay, rescues Ross from captivity. And Shuri plants more heart-shaped herbs to ensure that Black Panther will continue in the future. And then Shuri leaves Wakanda and M'Baku steps up to challenge for the throne. And at the end, Shuri visits Nakia in Haiti. And it's a nice moment where she finally burns her funeral robe, and that was something at the beginning of the movie. The mo- her mother told her it helps the, like the end the grieving process, and she didn't want to do mm-hmm. it, so she finally did it, allowing her to grieve her brother. Uh, and that's how it ends. And then the mid credit scene, Shuri learns that Nakia and T'Challa had a son, uh, Toussaint, and Nakia has been raising him in secret. And then Toussaint reveals that his Wakanda name is T'Challa. So T'Challa lives on in his son. Yes. Which also got Which, me a little bit. Yeah. That, that yeah. Did, but I, I wasn't surprised by it. No, I wasn't surprised wanted. either. I figured. I figured. I did too. The, the minute that Ramonda went to Haiti to get Nakia, mm-hmm. I was like, she's got a kid. The yep. minute I saw her, I was like, she has his son. Yep. Either he does, but my first thought was, does he know she right. has his son? 
Right. And he did just for anyone, yes. you know, he, he did yes. know. In fact, he's the, they agreed together. Nakia and T'Challa agreed together to keep him hidden. Yes. Which, which I was so thankful for that he actually did know that he had a, he had a child. Yes. And I was thankful that she didn't just run away. And yep. when, after the blip happened to come back and be, and just completely hide the fact that he was there, that, that he had, that she'd had his child. Mm-hmm. I was so thankful for that fact. I was like, thank God they didn't play it as in, no, he didn't know. Yeah. Oh, or that know. Ramonda didn't know. That yep. Ramonda found out, you know. Well, right. And that's what Shuri asked. She was like, did my mother meet yeah. him? And she said, yes. So, like, that made me happy. It made me happy that yeah. I knew, like, yes. that T'Challa, you know, knew of his son. And, you know, that Nakia and her son, you know, uh, Toussaint actually got to grieve him as well. And at the beginning... Nakia was trying to get in touch with Shuri. And I think it was for her to come and meet uh, her nephew. Yes. But I do. T- I, I, I agree. Before the battle, Nakia said to Shuri, like, just so you know, you will have a home in Haiti. And that it sounds like that's what Shuri's doing. Shuri doesn't want to be queen. No. She, that's not what she wants. So it sounds like she's getting. A I don't new even life. think she wanted. Yeah, and I don't even think she wants to be Black Panther. No, I think she just did it strictly for, you know. Yeah. But we'll see what happens in the future. Right. But I I was happy to see that Mbaku was was hopefully going to take over. Yes. It was challenging. It was going to take over because there was no challenge. There was He had no challenge. You know, not that we sure know. Was, yeah, but I don't know anybody we know who... Of. Yeah, I don't know anyone who could beat him with that. <laughs> no, I mean, because I mean, Shuri even told him, she's like, I'm not coming. Yeah. You know, because he, when he walked off that thing, he's like, she ain't coming. Yeah. Now, now who's going to fight me? Yeah. Yeah. She says in regards, now who's going to fight me? And everybody's just cheering. They're like, ain't not going to fight you, man. You're good. You're king. You're king now. Good for you. <laughs> Which I did, I really did like that fact. And I do hope that in the next installment or next time we see Black Black Panther, that it will be Mbaku as the Black Panther. Uh-huh. Because I think that would be quite, quite interesting to see. Because he's already such a, Mbaku is already such a strong, um, physically strong character already without the heart-shaped herb running through his through his veins. Yeah. I can only imagine how much stronger it's going to make him. Yeah. Yep. But um the movie is about 161 minutes, which it was quite long. It was long. There was stuff that I think long. that they didn't necessarily needed to have in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was something I felt too. Like I felt there were points in the movie where it felt kind of slow yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, objectively, it's interesting, but I think, but I guess like my general criticism of the movie would be that I think it suffers from a thing that I'm sure we all noticed in the stuff that we did see in Phase Four, which is the 
shoving everything into one movie slash TV show syndrome. Yeah. And and I honestly feel that maybe part of the reason why, at least with this movie, is because, like, they just wanted it to last. You know, like, it, it's... They, mm-hmm. Everyone, I mean, from, obviously, Marvel itself and, um, you know, Ryan Coogler, like, they all wanted this to just be one big thing for Chadwick. So I feel like they were trying to make it last as long as possible as like an honor for him. And it just, I get what they did, but it was just, listen, just the, it, the story was there. They just, it just took too long. The only other thing that I would say uh, is the fight scene was disappointing at the end. Oh God, wasn't it? Like you had this whole big buildup, and then like when, like he agreed to a peaceful thing, I was like, "That's it." <laughs> like that's that's what we got. Okay. I know. I said the same thing. I'm like, really? She didn't even really kick his butt. No, not really. Like when Namora was like ticked off, I was like, "Yeah, I'm ticked off too." Actually, like, uh-huh. <laughs> not how, not how, uh. You know, but I mean, I don't know. What do I know? Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess like a slightly related to my, what I was saying before is a criticism I have of the movie. I kind of felt like there were certain aspects of the movie that were like about um, this family, but then there were aspects of this movie I felt like this is not really a Black Panther movie. It feels almost like a intro movie to other characters, which is, is, it kind of is, because you got introduced to Riri, who is also supposed to be getting a Disney Plus series. And for people who are familiar with the comics, you already know Riri is a character called Ironheart, and presumably that's that suit she created towards the end of the movie for the battle that's in essence like an or another early version of the iron heart suit that she's gonna end up developing for her character later and then of course you get an introduction to namor who is of course again for people familiar with the comics you know namor is a very significant character in marvel comics i mean he was actually a character involved to some degree with Captain America and the Howling Commandos to some degree. And he's also been a frenemy of the Fantastic Four as well. But obviously in the MCU, it's going to be kind of different because they didn't announce just yet who is going to be the actors playing the Fantastic Four for the MCU. And obviously they also didn't really get into how the Fantastic Four will get introduced into the MCU, but that's going to be very different as well from the comics, but yeah. So I, I, I have that criticism, of, criticism about it. It just, you know, part of the movie just feels like it's just a jumping off point to introduce characters that are going to come up again later in five and 
sex. So mm-hmm. yeah, it has been nominated slash has won uh, some awards. Um, let's see, it was uh, nominated for five Academy Awards, a British Academy Award, six Critics Choice Movie Awards, two Golden Globes, two Screen Actors Guild Awards, and a bunch of others. Angela Bassett became the first actress to win a major acting award for her role in a Marvel film. Uh, she won a Golden Globe and she won two. Predict Choice, I think. Yes. Uh, and, and she is nominated for Best Supporting Actress for the Academy Awards. So we'll see if she wins that. Um, that she, would be awesome if she did. I mean, listen, she was very good in that in that movie yeah i mean mm-hmm. and you know obviously there's been a lot of people who you know kind of write off comic book movies in fact it almost makes me laugh like when i hear and listen i'm a huge you know like martin scorsese and like though like i'm big fans of like those type of directors or whatever but like i hate when like they start talking trash about like these marvel movies and stuff like that like you know that they're not you know as good or whatever they're entertainment like people go to the movies yes some people like the artistic stuff too some people just like to go to a movie and not think that's what i think i love about comic book movies is it's just going to the movie and you just get to enjoy what's in front of you without thinking about it and yeah you know exactly but like she was so good in this movie like I, I i'm happy that she has already won two awards and is nominated for for another and i mean if she wins an academy award that's crazy yeah i kind of agree with you about like i mean we're using martin scorsese as a example because he's like one of the most notable people criticizing this yeah he's, and not, he's not the, the only, only one, one but yeah but you know he's one of the most notable ones that that is the thing is that People who criticize them, like, listen, we do criticize the movies, but we do criticize them for the actual, you know, writing and quality of the movie. Like, there's, like, certain issues we have, but we still enjoy the whole thing as a whole, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, so we're not hating on on Marvel movies. I mean, we still enjoy them. It's just that we do have some things that we don't like about them especially the more recent stuff uh, going back to to um the movie so yeah um i'm interested to see what happens with the academy awards which will be coming up in the next uh, soon um mm-hmm. but going back to the movie again i liked a lot of it i did i liked a lot of it i thought the uh, when when shuri was down um in Talacan and all that i thought that part was a little too long it seemed a little long yeah to me yeah i i i agree with that one that's so i was gonna say i thought they could have cut some of that out yeah quite easily and it wouldn't have lost the plot of the movie or anything yeah um yeah i will agree like it did make the pacing kind of off yeah because it's like yeah. you had like that big you know that battle basically in boston and then it just like completely slowed everything down. Um, yeah. Granted, I understand what 
needed to happen. We needed to know what, you know, he wanted and what he was willing to, you know, do to, to make peace or whatever. But like, it just, it just went on for way too, way too long, way too long. I did like the whole angle about Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Because obviously this is now the third time we've seen her, right? Uh, Black Widow, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And now here. So Black Panther. And we know that she's definitely, I think, going to, well, we don't know. But I think she's obviously a huge thing into Thunderbolts. Mm -hmm. I thought thought they already mentioned that she's She's the one... She, yeah, like she's, she's the basically one that brings them together or whatever. Like, yeah. But I was happy with this movie um, to see Michael um, B. Jordan come back as Killmonger. Mm-hmm. That was that was yeah. that was nice to see. Yeah, and there is a little fun fact about that the 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 way when we first see Killmonger, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character Killmonger in this movie. We just see the back of him sitting in a chair, mm-hmm. and the way his hair is is up, it's to make it's to make sure he think that it's his, her mother. Mm. And Michael B. Jordan actually told the told them he said, "I want my hair to be up, so it's kind of like a trick to make it look like Ramonda's hair, so sure he doesn't realize that it's me at first, that she thinks it's her mother has come to." give her her blessings i guess well and and sure he said why didn't they come you know like yeah. why didn't you know any of them come so then obviously when her mother came to her in the desert that's you know what kind of woke sure yet because let me tell you something man Shuri. yeah I, and it just shows how much revenge and grief affects you she stopped thinking mm-hmm. about her people. She didn't care. Yeah. She didn't care who was going to die. All she cared about was killing him because he killed her mother. She didn't care about anybody mm-hmm. else. And, you know, it, it almost cost, well, it cost her a lot of lives, but it almost cost her more people that she loved. It almost cost her, it almost cost her her entire country. Yeah. yeah. I was like so annoyed. I was because, like, come on, Shuri, you're smarter than this. Like, you're a genius. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was already grieving the the loss of her brother. She had never gotten over right. that. She refused to get over that. You know, she refused to even attempt to try to get past. And, you know, yes, the grief is always there. Sam, you can attest to this. The grief is always there. Yes. However, as time goes on, you learn to adapt to the grief and you're able to push the grief, not necessarily so much to the side, but towards the back of the priorities of list of things that you have to deal with. It's there, but it's not at the forefront of your mind constantly. And that that's the healthy way to deal with grief. She was not dealing with her grief. She was allowing it to control her, to envelop her. She was not, not attempting to move to go move forward from that that zone from where she was in and then for to then for to name her come out and um threaten her country and then to kill her mother 
than for Neymar to kill her mother. She 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 was done at that point. Mm-hmm. All she was was grief. All she want all she was was grief and rage. That is all. That is the only thing that was that was Shuri at that point. There was no um, Shuri from the original from the first movie where she was a younger, happy, go lucky genius child she was now just pure unadulterated rage and grief that's it and it damn near cost her everything i am um, well related to that and bringing it back a little bit to michael b jordan's appearance i think that's actually the reason why they made the interesting choice of having him be the one she sees in the vision because mm-hmm. i think subconsciously she had the rage building and that's why he came forward rather than somebody else in her family because that what that rage she was feeling you know deep inside and the need to punish somebody for taking the last of her family from her is what you know was motivating her actions and the fact that he's a vengeful character he's a vengeful person and he looked and his conversation with her that's essentially what he points out is that like you, you know you feel it too like you want you want this too like what i wanted and you know in a, in 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 a way he was actually right that was what she wanted and you know at that time so I uh, so I I thought that was a really really interesting symbolic visual decision to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. I, it was definitely a symbol of how she was feeling, and, and yeah, yeah, symbolism. Because I mean, Killmonger was the same way. Exactly. Only his wasn't necessary. I mean, his was still grief. His was rage and grief just as much as hers was. Oh yeah, he was getting revenge on his father's death. Yes. As well as, you know, other, I think, stuff. But yeah, the big, I think the yeah. biggest part was him avenging his father. Again, overall, I, I did like the movie. I do think it was a little too long. They could have definitely cut at one part off. And the ending battle, I just feel like wasn't epic enough. Um, especially when you compare it to the first mm-hmm. Black Panther. Yeah. Um, yeah. But definitely hit you in the feels. And, you know, I thought it was a very mm-hmm. great send off to Chadwick as well as T'Challa. And, you know, you know overall, I, I did I did like it. Uh, not as much as the first one. Yeah. The first one I thought was amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I still like this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Yeah. I liked it. I, I wasn't crazy about it. I, I still didn't, I didn't like the fact that they ended up making, having Shuri go under as Black Panther and become Black Panther. I personally would have rather have actually seen either Umbaku do it or, um, Okoyo. Or Nakia. Even though I know she became, or Nakia. Yeah. One of them. I mean, I understand that Okoyo and um, becomes uh, the Midnight Angel, one of the Midnight Angels, and I love that for her. However, I think she would have kicked ass. Her or Nakia would have kicked ass as the Black Panther, and I think that would have been a better 
personally, I think it would have been a better choice. Yeah. Than Shuri. But I mean, I can see why they, why it had to be Shuri, but at the same time, I still don't agree with the decision that it should have been Shuri. Well, and I'm just wondering is it was if it was just like a one time, you know, like is she gonna continue to be yeah. Black Panther going forward? Um or right. did she now that like she left Wakanda and everything, she's yeah. done. Whoever becomes king, like right. if it is Mbaku, is he gonna become the next Black Panther? Right. You know, so like And that's what I that, that's kinda like my hope. Yeah. Is that whoever becomes king or even queen. Yeah of Wakanda becomes the next Black Panther, becomes the next protector. And that it's I just don't think Shuri is the right person for that role. She's the brains behind the operation. Exactly. And I'm not even saying that as the actress Letitia Wright. I'm not even saying that as her because I'm saying Shuri, the character is not the right person for that role. No, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm interested to see what happens going forward now. Yes. Name too. Yeah. I would love to see Nick I would have loved to have seen Nakia become Black Panther. Badass. That that yeah. would have been that would have been so freaking cool. I mean, I understand why she didn't. Because her life is no longer in Wakanda. Right. So we'll, we'll see. see what happens. I guess like one last thing. Um I'll mention that I thought was kind of an interesting decision and I I do appreciate it is like the fact that with Namor they gave him and his people a diff a, a different origin from the comics because the thing is is that like first off it would have been way too similar to the whole Atlantean thing with Aquaman. And I guess to a certain degree, like, you know, Avatar with, like, the recent Avatar movie as well. But mostly the Aquaman thing. But also, I think it gives it an interesting dimension having the people of Talcan being, in essence, Mayan in origin. Because it does give them more of a motivation as to why they hate on the surface dwellers so much. Mm -hmm. Which is a thing, of course, with the comic version of Namor and his people because there has to be a reason for the beef and it isn't, I mean, granted, you know, the whole thing with like pollution affecting the ocean is a huge problem and it, and it genuinely is, but that almost seems like, is it really enough motivation? Because there are people like, you know, on the surface that don't like the ocean pollution either. So that doesn't seem to be really enough, but having an ongoing resentment of basically colonizers and conquerors trying to take things away from you and an opportunity to get revenge for mistreatment, I think that does make it more interesting um, motivation. And I'm going to be curious to see how they're going to use Namor and his people in, later in, in the MCU. Because, you know, now that he, now we know he definitely exists and they exist. You can't leave that as a dangling thread. Yeah. 
and join us next week as we continue on with our true crime series. We are going to be talking about American serial killer Ted Bundy, as well as going into a little bit of the movie starring Zac Efron that is currently on Netflix. We'll talk about that all next week. Did you like what you heard on our episode today? Well, then feel free to come back and listen to us again. You can find us on all different streaming sites, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it, we're there. And if you really like us, feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Three Fates Decide. That's T-H-R-E-E Fates Decide. You can also email us at threefatesdecide at gmail.com. And check out our website at threefatesdecide.com to find other episodes, information about your three hosts, and all of our other links. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Three Fates Decide.